All right, now joining us from the Idaho Press and Blue Turf Sports, it's one of my favorite guests in the Mount West Conference that we get to talk to. It's BJ Reigns joining you here on the Full Court Press with Eric France and myself, AJ Salvis. And BJ, thanks for your time. No problem, guys. What's going on in Logan? Uh, you know, just beautiful. Bundling up. Great, warm, <laughs> sunny. Staying dry. <laughs> freaking freezing weather. Dusting off the powder skis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, BJ, I got, I got to start here. This this game against Air Force, and I watched this, was one of the most atrocious ref games I've ever seen, in so much that uh, Leon Rice gets ejected, and, and rightfully, I guess, rightfully on his part to argue it. When you talk to Coach Rice after, what is his thoughts, I mean, about just, in general, the, the mood of the locker room, losing a game like that to Air Force, but really a poorly officiated game? Yeah, you know, it's always tough because he doesn't want to, like, blame the officials as the reason they lost. He's not trying to make excuses. But when he got the two technical fouls with 19 seconds left in the first half, the fouls were 11-2. to uh, And I think the free throw attempts were, like, 13-2 to or something. So um, you're in a close game, and he felt consistently that they were on the wrong end of a lot of close calls. And so there was a, a what looked like a charge. He didn't get the call. And then the next possession, there was a travel called on, on Boise State, and then he – Said something and got the first one. I think after he got the first one, he got, you know, really frustrated, wanted to get his money's worth. And he had a couple of players holding him back, which he said made it look worse than it really was because he wasn't really going to charge at the ref or whatever, <laughs> but it looked like that. So he he, uh, he got the second tee and got the heave-ho, and he said the worst part was uh, trying to find a TV back in the bowels of the Kloon Arena to find a cha- way to watch the rest of the game. He almost went up and sat in the stands, but he wasn't sure if he was allowed to do that. And finally found uh, some – athletic department staffer that had a tv that got the channel and was able to watch most of the second half but um yeah you know disappointing obviously but you look at air force and obviously utah state fans know what air force can do at clune arena so um it, it can be a sneaky tough place to play and air force um had some weird losses early in the season but they're they're a good team when you've got ryan swan and lavelle scotty and then you throw in some of the other guards they have and the way they shoot the three. Air Force can be a, a dangerous team. And so, you know, it's been kind of an up-and-down year for Boise State, and that was certainly a, a down uh, moment for them. But um, I think in general they're just trying to flip the page, and they know obviously that it's going to be a, be a big one tomorrow night. BJ, Utah State and, and, and Boise State have had really interesting contests whenever they face each other, particularly whenever they play in Boise, regardless of what the, the regular season or even conference records are. Uh, I don't know that I see anything that is going to prove to be different coming into this one. Utah State's been up and down. Boise State's had some different games. Uh, but this Boise State team has some pretty dynamic players that uh, uh, led by Alston primarily. Uh, at least uh, what I've seen is he seems to be one of the more consistent guys uh, on the season. But is there? am I missing somebody else that, that has been the con- most consistent player for the Broncos so far this year? Well, I mean, he's their leading scorer, so he's obviously the, the guy. And he, The problem is they've got a couple of guys, but in some of the games they've lost, Alston and Justinian Jessup and some of their best players have all been cold on the same night. So if they could just spread it out and have one or two guys still have big games when, when someone else is cold, they just haven't really had enough guys pick up the slack when some of their star players are, are down. And so, um, you know, uh, in the game at San Diego State last Saturday, I think Alston only had like six points. And uh, Justinian Jessup is the Mountain West uh, – well, he's the Boise State all-time three-point leader right now. He just set the Boise State record last week, and he's only about 15 three-pointers from breaking Jimmer Fredette's Mountain West record. So mm-hmm. he's going to be the all-time three-point leader 
Uh, he's almost to 300 made threes in his career. So, I mean, he, he has the ability to go five for six in a game, but he's had a couple games this year where he's gone one for seven or one for eight. So they need him to be a little more consistent from three. They shoot a lot better. They just play a lot better at home. I mean, I think that's been, as you guys have seen across the Mountain West, a lot of these puzzling scores. You're getting San Jose State winning some games at home. You had Colorado State the other night with a huge game over New Mexico hitting 19 threes. And it just seems like for whatever reason at home, uh, versus the road, teams just play a lot different in this conference. And Boise State is no different, uh, you know, in that area. They're eight and one at home, and I think one and six on the road. So they just play really well at home for whatever reason. I think Leon Rice is over eighty percent of his home games in his ten years at Boise State. They've won, so they don't lose very often at home. They're they're expecting a big crowd tomorrow night because the students are back in and they're having a blue out. So um, I don't think it'll be a sellout, but it'll be, be probably the best crowd for sure they've had this season. So. They just, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've lost two in a row, and this is a big game for them to try to, um, you know, turn things around. And I think they're still pretty ticked off with how last year's game went. They didn't think that was a foul when Sam Merrill had the N1 to tie the game and, and some of the other plays that happened in that game. They, they thought they should have had that game won, missed a couple free throws down the stretch, and then lost in overtime. So they felt like they gave that one away. And to see Utah State ball on the rest of the season and do what they did, they were really kicking themselves for that. So I think they're – pretty motivated uh, to have another shot since they didn't go to Logan last year. I think uh, this is the first time they've played them, and I think they're pretty motivated to, uh, you know, we'll see if it's enough on the court, but I know they're pretty fired up to get a shot at, at the Aggies tomorrow. BJ, excuse me, I know you kind of answered this, uh, but as you mentioned, uh, at Extra Mile Arena, Broncos are 8-1. and one. On the road, they're 1-6. and six. How do you explain that to somebody, that a team can be so poorly on the road, but at the same time they've actually competed in these games but when it comes to home games, they just, I mean, they turn it on to a different level. It's its incredible. Have you seen anything like that? Well, I mean, look at the road games they've played. They've played at San Diego State, at Nevada, at New Mexico. They've already played the three hardest places in the Mountain West to go play in the first three games. Uh, and then they already played at Oregon this year, and they had to go all the way and play at Tulsa. Um, so, I mean, and then they played at Pacific. I mean, they've had a lot of road games already. And, you know, four of their seven road games are, you know, uh, you know, very good teams when you throw Oregon in there with the three Mountain West games. So um, I think that's part of it. I mean, their home games, they've played San Jose, and uh, they did beat UNLV at home, which was a nice win, given what UNLV has done so far. Um, they beat BYU at home, but, but BYU was a little shorthanded in that game. So, they, you know, but, but um, for the most part, I think it's just they just played differently on the road, and they've also played some tough teams on the road, I think, is part of it. And uh, Life on the Mountain West on the road is hard, and, and Boise State might have one of the more extreme home versus road splits right now. And, and uh, you know, they kind of tell you to try to go 500 on the road and win your home games. And, and Boise State's obviously not doing that, but they're hoping with, uh, you know, Air Force, or not Air Force, uh, San Jose and some of the easier places to go still on the schedule that maybe they can get some more wins there. But um, no, I just think they're more confident. They shoot so much better at home. They, they For whatever reason, their three-point percentage on the road is just terrible. They were at Nevada. They were like 5 of 30. It wasn't much better. At, uh, it ended up, I think, 10 of 30 at San Diego State, but they hit three or four in the last couple minutes of the game when it was well out of reach. So um, they're just more confident at home. They shoot better at home. And, you know, on a road game, when, when a other team would hit a couple buckets and the crowd would get behind them, it kind of rattles them a little bit. But it doesn't seem, you know, at home when the crowd's behind them, they really feed off that. And I think it's been a, a big difference. So I know they're thankful to, to be at home and have a nice stretch of home games, uh, you know, starting to even back out here on the schedule. Again, trying to uh, better understand this team that uh, Utah State will be facing on Saturday night for that 8 o'clock tip-off. Uh, Jessup and Alston, prolific scorers, a lot of uh, attempts beyond the arc, uh, pretty good three-point uh, three percentages. 
Um, but besides them, I mean, you, you've highlighted them a little bit, but some of the other players that we might see that that uh, could be some dynamic players to watch out for. Yeah, two guys that are coming off the bench, and the only reason they come off the bench is because you know they're both good enough and probably should be starting. But um, R.J. Williams is a, an inside guy. He's only six eight, but he's left handed and he has really really good post moves, and so he's kind of a sneaky guy. And he, he's uh, you know he'll back down the bigger guys. And, and R.J. Williams is averaging a double figures, I believe. And Alex Hobbs is the other guy um, who was the sixth man of the year in the Mountain West and was starting for the first half of the season before they got the Oregon transfer eligible Abu Kijab. So. Both those guys probably should be starting, but Leon likes to bring him off the bench um, because R.J. Williams fouls a lot, and they try to keep him out of foul trouble. And then with Hobbs, I think he just likes what he thinks off the bench in terms of a spark you know, a couple of minutes into the game. So those are two key guys that in crunch time will probably end up being out there, R.J. Williams and Alex Hobbs, who just don't start. And then you know, Key Jab, the Oregon transfer that I mentioned, has been a big boost for him. He had 20 points against Air Force. Um, it's been interesting because you, know, you add him at the semester – and Derek Alston has, was used to having the ball in his hands a ton. Just up two, and now you know Kijab, you know, is taking a lot of the ball, the ball handling away. And so it's been interesting that they're mixed, and these other guys are having to try to get their shots too. And so um, I don't want to say it's been a negative because he's doing really well, obviously averaging you know well over ten points a game. But I think it's taken some time for the other players in the offense to adjust to, to not having the guys that are used to taking all the shots, taking all the shots. So. Um, if you can add a four-star guy into your lineup that's averaging, you know, 14 a game, you'll you'll definitely do it. So they're they're happy to have him. It's just taking a you know mid-season like this, it's been a little bit of adjustment to work him into the mix. BJ Reigns of the Idaho Press and Blue Turf Sports joins us here on the Full Court Press, getting ready for the Broncos Aggies matchup at Extra Mile Arena. It's a dangerous, dangerous venue to for any opponent to have to go into and try to get a much a much needed win. At least it's going to be for the Aggies. When you see the Aggie squad, and I know you kept an eye on them as an AP top 25 voter. I want to get into that in just a little bit. But when you see this Aggie squad, what has changed from the start of the season to now where they lost back-to-back games in just blowout fashion and then got a, and then finally got a big win against Nevada? But what are the things that you're seeing in their struggles? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing them in person because I watched a lot of their games on TV. and it, it, Something just hasn't seemed right. It, it just doesn't – it's just hard to see. Even in some of the you – know, it just – I know with, uh, you know, Kato being in and out of the lineup has been a big part of it. It doesn't seem like at times, you know, that the outside shooting and particularly Merrill, um, you know, it, it has had the, you know, from afar, it doesn't seem like he's been as lethal as maybe he has in the past. And some of these games where they really needed some scoring in the second half, he kind of disappeared. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very curious because I, I can't really put my finger on it. And I'm actually getting ready to interview Coach Rice and a couple players, uh, you know, today for an article here. And I'm curious to see what they'll say about it because um, they're obviously uber talented. You know, a lot of guys that are, are role players and other guys that, that uh, you know, burned to Boise State in the past, like Frito and these guys. I mean, they, they have a lot of key guys. And so uh, I, I just, I don't know. Something just hasn't really from far clicked. You guys would obviously probably know better than me, but it just at times hasn't seemed like they've been clicking on all cylinders. I think a lot of things went their way last year. A lot of shots went their way. They just had so much momentum and confidence and rode it right through the year. And I think uh, everyone just assumed, and you know, myself included, that they were just going to roll through the conference and, and uh, be a top 20 team in the poll and get a high seed in the tournament. It's not that easy. It's it's hard when teams are looking out for you and you're getting everybody's best shot every night. So I think that's been part of it where they just had to been used to, you know, teams circling them on the schedule and, and, and going into sold out crowds every game and, and having it be a huge game for the opponent. And so I think that's probably been part of it, but I, I would say maybe just some of their role players maybe haven't stepped up quite as much. And when it comes down to it, you know, you got to get, you know, 
Kada and, and Merrill have to be the two guys that lead them moving forward. This is a um, well. You, I want to let, let you ask your top twenty-five question before I move off on another topic. All right. So I, I got to ask: uh, San Diego State uh, is is moving up the ranks and doing so in a quick fashion. You got to see them in person, and I have as well. But I want to know from a voter perspective, what impresses you about the Aztecs the most right now? I think I've got a number six right now, and, and uh, you know I, I've got I had them a little higher for a while. Um, and some of the other voters and everybody else is kind of caught up. But I've got a number six right now, and I think there are a couple teams that I'm trying to think off the top of my head that have lost this week. So I think they're going to move up even higher. I'll have them ahead of uh, Auburn for sure. I don't remember where I had Oregon. I think I might have had uh, – they were probably below them. But I think somebody else lost that was ranked pretty high. So I'm going to probably have them, uh, you know, four or five this week, maybe higher. They're, they're, you know, I just – I don't know. Everyone keeps asking, are they legit? Are they for real? I mean, it's hard at this point to not say they're not. When they've beaten some of the teams they've beaten, Creighton, Iowa, you know, uh, going to BYU and winning there and, you know, and, and already getting the road win in Logan, um, beating a Utah team, you know, handily that had just beaten Kentucky. So um, I, their resume is impressive. And they're winning. And the thing that's crazy to me is they're, you know, they're winning games by an average of like 19 points. I mean, they're not skeeting by in most of these games. They're just blowing teams out. And so when you've got the guard play they've got, you know, and in the game against Boise State, uh, K.J. Fagan hit like five threes and had a career game. Uh, you know, Malachi Flynn is just so impressive with the ball. He can shoot outside, but he also can get to the rack and make some of those floaters and stuff. You throw uh, Matt Mitchell, a veteran, there, you know, it's still there, and then what they're getting inside as well. I, they're just – they've got a lot of different options that can beat you, and they're, they're again, a team that has a huge home court advantage and, and has a very hard time, you know, for opponents to come in there and win at home. So they're going to win a lot of games. I think Ken Palm still has them projected to finish the conference with two losses in the aggregate. But if you look at every single game, they're favored by at least six points, I think, the rest of the season. So they'll probably get tripped up somewhere. But, it, you know, I, I think they're making a strong case to, to try to put themselves in position for a number one or number two seed in the NCAA tournament, which is crazy considering they weren't even the preseason pick in the league coming in. <laughs> and you kind of ran into my next question there. If there's anybody who could trip San Diego State up. Who do you think that could be in this conference? I mean, they look so there are no weaknesses in the squad. So who could it be? Well, I mean, I just talked about them winning all these games and blowouts, but they actually almost lost at home to San Jose State. Mm-hmm. They needed a buzzer beating three pointer at the buzzer. They would have lost at home to San Jose, which would have kind of fit perfectly with how crazy this conference season has been in college basketball this year with all these uh, teams beating each other and uh, on a seemingly nightly basis or losing to Washington State last is a stunner and it just seems like every night we get one so i don't think you know someone's going to beat them and it's not going to be a huge shocker but it'll take somebody like colorado state hitting 19 threes or or boise state hitting you know 17 threes when they come to boise in a couple weeks or something it'll take some sort of crazy game like that and it'll take some foul trouble probably on their end um you know they're just they're very good but i think someone will have to get hot from three somebody will have to have a huge game it'll probably be a road game um, I think they still have to go to New Mexico, but who knows what New Mexico, you know, what kind of shape they're in with the <laughs> brag being kicked off the team and everything else they're dealing with. But, yeah. um, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe going to Reno. When they go to Reno and, and Reno's got those guards, you know, and, 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 and they, they've, you know, had some, you know, that cut maybe could be a spot I'd circle, a, big, a tough environment, a, a decent team, a good crowd. Um, but I don't think they're going to lose too many games. They just have too much depth, too many spots inside and out. They can beat you, and I think they're going to be uh, – like I said, probably a team that's going to only lose one or two games going into the NCAA tournament. All right, I want to shift the, the the topic away from just specifically for this game this weekend or the Mountain West basketball, but just generally speaking, the Mountain West earlier this week 
or I guess it was ne- last week, announced a new media rights deal with Fox and CBS, which CBS was in there before, but it's an extension. It's a better deal for the Mountain West. Previously, in the old deal, Boise State specifically had some additional concessions on national broadcasts and home games and being able to kind of negotiate some things on their own. That's changing a little bit. It looks like uh, Craig Thompson has said this is the last time this is going to happen uh, in, the, in the new, whenever we come up for renewal, this, these kind of concessions won't happen again. What's the mood there around Boise about this new uh, media rights deal and specifically how it affects the Broncos? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it was a huge, to, to not be on ESPN, I mean, Boise State's had a relationship with ESPN for almost 20 years. Um, the, the games, you know, are in the early 2000s, Boise State kind of built their brand by being willing to play on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights and uh, you know, Sunday nights. I mean, Boise State played on pretty much every night of the week to get on ESPN, and ESPN kind of helped them build their brand. And, and uh, they, they've, you know, come all their home games have been controlled by ESPN for the last seven or eight years. And it's just been to, to not have them at all on ESPN unless it's like a road game at BYU or something. It's just a lot of people are shocked by that. And when, when the college football playoff is on ESPN and you have the game day, and those guys kind of set the agenda and set the discussion points and talking points for the top group of five team and all that. And when you don't have any of your games on the ESPN networks, you're probably not going to get talked about as much as some of those other teams. And so I think that was certainly a surprise and, and a hit to some fans that they're not going to be on ESPN, but I think they want to wait and see uh, what this means because as part of the deal, some of the games are on uh, regular Fox and then there's a chance that some can be on regular CBS also. So if you're talking about, you know, all these games on Fox sports one and Fox sports two, yeah, that's a huge, uh, you know, negative compared to what it was. But if you're talking about maybe two or three games a year being on Big Fox uh, on a Saturday afternoon or something, uh, they, they didn't have any ABC games on ESPN, so this would be better than what it was before. So I think that if they didn't get a CBS national game out of this as well, I mean, I think there's potential where it could be just as good, if not better. But I think we need to see, wait and see what kind of channels, what kind of game times end up getting set for all this. But, you know, the other part is you mentioned the money. Now, in this in this deal, they are going to get the money, the, the extra money that they got before. There's a lot of unanswered questions. I mean, a lot of people in Boise don't get it. The AD's not talking. The conference isn't talking. Craig Thompson, as you said, came out and said, this will be the last time this is negotiated separately um, and that all the, league, all the other presidents or whatever feel that it should be even. But, I mean, it strictly says in Boise State's contract, when they rejoin the Mountain West, there's clear language. It says that uh, they would have their home games negotiated separately and, and, and be um, you know, able to get extra money from those games for this deal and any future subsequent, subsequent deals. So in writing, it says Boise State should be getting this for the duration that they're in the Mountain West Conference. So I don't know if the other conference presidents just said, we're going to try to just, you know, say, hey, we're not putting up with it anymore. This is what we're doing and, and hope that Boise State's okay with it. I don't know if they just said this is what we're doing and Boise State's, you know, preparing a lawsuit to sue them. Uh, I don't know if, you know, the, the new Boise State president didn't understand fully when, when she went to the meeting and, and agreed. I, I, no one really knows what happened or what is happening, but I don't think Boise State's very happy with it. We, we talked to, the, you know, the, the athletic director does a uh, weekly radio show here in, or, or a segment on a radio show, and he gave a no comment and, and didn't really seem interested in talking about it. So that's a question for the conference and didn't want to get into it. So he, he seems very unhappy with it or he's unhappy with someone, whether it's the Boise State president for screwing it up or whether it's the league or the, uh, there's some unanswered questions. There's a lot of uncertainty surround this. And I don't think we've heard the last of it. Boise State 
again, in in writing, it says they're going to get this extra money, which the last couple of years has been $1.8 million on top of whatever the share is. And if they're not going to get that moving forward, I, I think, you know, there's it's going to have to come out why, because it's been hard to figure out and hard to understand. And I'm, I'm a lot of people in Boise are still wanting to know the answers to some of these questions, and we'll see if we ever get them or how long it takes. So I that's fascinating. Add, yeah, that that's a great answer right there. i got to ask you, do you think that there's a thought – of maybe moving to another conference to actually take care of Boise State? I mean, it's certainly possible, and certainly people, when they saw that the deal was only five years or whatever, and they saw that, I mean, certainly that was something that um, if Boise State does get, you know, fed up enough with the conference and they're not getting the extra money and they can go to another conference where in, their guaranteed rights would be a much bigger, that's certainly something they'd have to consider. It just comes down to, um, you know, is this going to be football only? Would this be for all sports? I mean, people are talking out here about, oh, well, as much as they don't like the American, they're like, well, what if we just went and joined the American Conference? And then you're talking about a football league that has Memphis and Cincinnati and UCF and Temple and all this. But do you really want your women's soccer team going to play, you know, a conference game in Florida? Um, I mean, it just depends if, if, if it's going to be football only. And at that point, I, I assume the Mountain West, if we just did football left, wouldn't want to keep the rest of the teams in the league. So you'd have to, you know, downgrade to the WAC or something or the, the Big West or something. So I, who knows what's going to happen? There's, there's um, a lot of things that are out there, but I, I wouldn't put it past them. You know, a lot of people think the logical fit is the Pac-12. If the Pac-12 wanted to add two teams, you know, San Diego State, Boise State would both seem to – to make some sense, but you know, there's a lot of hurdles that have to be covered there before that would happen. But I think that's what Boise State would prefer to do: go to a Power Five conference, the Pac-12. If the Big 12 ever expands, that would certainly be an option. But I don't know if, again, that would be. Do you want to play a conference game for for women's volleyball in, in Morgantown, West Virginia? Uh, I don't know. So there's a lot of things still to iron out. But I, I don't think that's off the table. I think that certainly is something that if they don't get the extra money they want. And another team, another conference is willing to give it to them, and it makes sense. That might be something they have to consider. When you hear the commissioner say what he did about Boise State, that this could be, you know, the whole entire given Boise State the benefit package because of what they are able to bring in revenue-wise, and he says he's going to put an end to that. Do you, in your opinion, feel like that's almost a threat towards Boise State? It could be. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't really know what happened. We don't know if all the presidents voted. And the Boise State president didn't realize and go, oh, yeah, everyone should get a fair thing. That sounds fair because the Boise State president just came in office in July. So she's new. She probably, you know, maybe there's a chance she, she did vote and agreed to it and, and didn't realize what she did. And, and the Boise State athletic director is just, you know, mad at her. Um, maybe the other ADs voted without her and said, we're, you know, we're, we're going to stop this. Because there has, as you guys know, there's been plenty of complaining not sure what words I can use on radio, but there's been plenty of complaining. I'll just say that uh, <laughs> about uh, about uh, Boise State's you know preferential treatment and and uh, the extra money they're getting and the extra TV games they're getting and things like that. So there has been you know some some unhappiness with some schools around the league, Nevada, San Diego State. I know didn't like it, and a lot of the teams in the West, particularly because in the old system, uh, the teams in the Mountain Time Zone or Division would at least get the same bonus Boise State was getting because they'd be guaranteed to play them every year. Um, but I, you know, it, it's been a long going thing. First it was, you know, you couldn't wear the blue uniforms on the blue. And then they came back and said, they'll change that. And then they said, um, you know, we'll give you the separate team. I mean, it was a very smart, very smart deal that Boise State put together because they had all the leverage. Um, in a, in a way you could say they had no leverage because they were going to back out of the, uh, what was going to be the big East, um, because that thing kind of fell apart. And then the mountain West had just lost Utah and TCU and they were desperate, you know, to, to keep a school like Boise State. So, Craig Thompson kind of caved, and and uh, but again, when you're talking about bull shares and 
uh, you know, winning the Fiesta Bowl in 2014 and the money that that went to the conference and the other schools. I mean, um, it, it, you know, I, I get it from the other team's perspectives. They, they want to have a fair share of the pie, but also, you know, CBS Sports, you know, paid a lot of money for Boise State's road games. Uh, maybe CBS Sports isn't as interested if Boise State's not in the conference to want to have a big package that would include their, their road games. So a lot, there's a lot, you know, Boise State brings a lot to the table. In the large scheme of things, a little extra money, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But in terms of competitive balance, competitive advantages and all that, um, you know, I, I think the conference basically said we've had enough or Craig Thompson heard from the other schools that we've had enough. But I don't, I don't think this is over by any means. BJ, heck of a job. That's really, really great stuff from you. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, let's do it again very soon, shall we? Yeah, it should be a good game on Saturday. Really looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun, and I and, uh, hope, hope it's a close game. It should be fun. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Thanks, BJ.